Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the post-game live stream edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Coming to you after a 30-10 Iowa State victory over Cincinnati in the first ever matchup between the Cyclones and Bearcats. Iowa State moves to 4-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in the Big 12. And uh, Randy, this looks like a completely different team than the one that got embarrassed in this very state about a month ago against Ohio. Now second team, second place in the Big 12. The path to the bowl to six wins and a bowl game seems very doable, and uh, it, it seems like it's a new team, a new program, and uh, a lot of happy vibes coming from Iowa State when just a few weeks and certainly a month ago that was definitely not the case. Boy, you you hit it right on the button there, Travis. The what happened here at in Athens, Ohio, was that was that was rock bottom. Um, and, and like Rocco said after the game, um, he's almost apologetic for saying it, but that was probably the, uh, the best thing that could happen to them was to lose that game. It was a wake-up call. And, and by golly, since, that, since then, uh, the game against Oklahoma um, aside, since then they've played, they've played their best football of the year, um, um, winning three or four games. And like you said, in second place in the Big 12 alone, or in second place in the Big 12, um, um, with one loss. There's, by the end of the day, there'll be others with one loss, I'm sure. But, but uh, nonetheless, after that Ohio game, did you did anybody really think that Iowa State would be where they are now? Iowa State would be what after after seven games, needing what two more victories to go to a bowl game. Um, Man, I don't know, but uh, you're right. They they're, they seem to be putting it all together now, and that's a cliche. I get it, but um, it's it's a it's a great it's a it's a great momentum builder for Iowa State going into the off week into a you know with a very young team. Um, yeah, I can only imagine what next week's practices, albeit light practices, are going to be like. They're going to it's it's going to be a um, um, a nice little um, hop in their step and, and, uh, um, and then venture forward. Cause there, there certainly are, if they play like they did today, if they play like they did two weeks ago at T- against TCU, there's certainly winnable games out there for the remainder of the year. So, um, this was, this was a huge victory in that respect. I think maybe the most encouraging thing, if you're Campbell or you're Iowa state or you're an Iowa state fan is that this doesn't seem to be smoke and mirrors. It doesn't seem to be purely a function of the schedule easing up, although, you know, certainly the schedule has helped, uh, but it's not like Iowa and Ohio were uh, heavyweights there. Um, I think the most encouraging thing has got to be that you're seeing real improvement 
for Iowa State on all three phases of the game. The offense and Rocco Beck have taken leaps and bounds forward. You got to give Campbell and Shieldhouse a ton of credit for adapting and realizing maybe you can argue too late, maybe, but the reality is they are where they are, that they made the decision to change things offensively and be more, uh, I don't want to say open up the playbook in a way that they otherwise would not have in terms of throwing the ball, getting, you know, some creativity in the run game. Um, defensively, I think they have done a really good job of eliminating the bigger plays. You know, we saw Cincinnati really miss a huge opportunity. That would have been a touchdown on their first drive of the game. Uh, but other than that, you know, Iowa State did a really good job of limiting big plays. Special teams, Chase Contreras makes all three of his kicks. Plus. Picks up first down, fake field goal. Jalen Knoll has huge returns. Uh, in the kick return game. So, I mean, again, all three phases were locked in for Iowa State in this game in a way that, that was absolutely not a month ago for all three uh, units for Iowa State. So, again, I think beyond just winning the games, to steal a Campbell phrase, the process has the, – the results are validating the process. And I think you're seeing that, you know, really for the last month now. Yeah, you know, and the, it's Oklahoma. I thought you could see them taking steps forward for for the first half, most of the first half. Absolutely, there were and like Campbell and 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 all the players said, there's there's still a heck of a lot of room to grow. I mean, there were passes today where where uh, Rocco and and the receivers, their communication just wasn't wasn't as sharp as it needs to be, and as it will be moving forward. But these are young players. Um, there were, um, I, th- I thought the defense, once it figured out what, um, you know, what what Cincinnati was doing offensively, in the, especially in the run game, and that's a number 11 offense in the country coming into the game. The Iowa State defense played very well, and once again, they had multiple interceptions with the secondary. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to argue against Iowa State secondary not being the best in the Big 12, but I guess we'll get to that one later. But um, yeah, the, and this, there's places to grow in this in the in this game. Um, like I said, Rocco wasn't perfect. Rocco, Rocco does what Rocco has to do, and there were times today when when he had to run, and I that was I liked the way he he tucked it and ran. And there were times when those runs were actually planned runs. And what was it that the the touchdown where he ran for? He he faked the pitch. I kind of like that. I kind of like that play too. So we saw some. We saw some things from the out of the playbook um, that um, we saw more pages in the playbook as the season's gone on. And I think that's that's I would not be surprised if that's not a product of the young team. They can only handle so much at you know each game and, and each week of practice and give them gradually more. And by by the time I, we get to we, we get to Waco, that's our that's our next trip, isn't it? Waco. Yeah, I think so. By the time we get there, I mean, I don't know what we'll see out of the playbook, but that's certainly going to be a winnable game as well. Yeah, I think, you know, the bye week, I think, comes at a good time just by virtue of being in the middle of the season. But certainly Iowa State has some momentum right now, and they're going to have to carry it over. I mean, like that Baylor game is a must win to get to six. Like you do not want to go into November, which is not a great schedule, needing two wins you you get kansas at home and you're at byu who as of right now byu is getting smacked by tcu 
Um, and then you've got Texas at home and a trip to K-State. That's not the easiest November schedule for Iowa State. And you have a Baylor team next in two weeks that looks miserable at the moment. Got to win that game. That is going to that's going to be a crucial game. But th- the point is, is that they're set up really well right now in a way that we would not have predicted a month ago. And, and yeah, to win on the road, first time Iowa State's won on the Big 12 road since at K-State in 2021, and that was significant as well. And you could tell that the players knew that because because Rocco, for example, is one of the first things he said um, was was about that. And Campbell mentioned it all as well in his in his postgame um, to us. So um, that's that obviously that was talked about in the locker room and it's a big it's a big talking point. Trev, I was down in the locker room area after the game waiting, waiting for an interview. And the the excitement that I saw in those players, uh, in those players' eyes, the excitement that I saw just on their on their actions as they walked into the locker room, walked out of the locker room. There were probably 50 to 75 fans huddled around outside the locker room. I mean, they had an area cordoned off, but they were they were there and they were chanting Iowa State. They were they were they were um, 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 very very um, inspirational and, and motivational to these to these guys, and that's what these these young players need to see. And there were there were a lot of Iowa State fans there, among them whatever it was, 38,000 fans in the stadium today. There were a ton of Iowa State fans. I wouldn't have expected anything anything less. But, uh, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was it – was, it, was, it, was it gives the Iowa State's younger players a good feeling going into the bye week, and whereas it just as well could have been, could have been the other way around, around also. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think the rest of the – the rest of the season, if Iowa State can fix some things coming out of this game, then you know we're, who knows where or what it's going to end up. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider live stream and podcast coming to you from Nippert Stadium in downtown Cincinnati. Iowa State beats the Bearcats 30 to 10, improving to four and three overall, three and one in the Big 12. Be sure to check out DesMoinsRegister.com for all the coverage you could possibly want from this Iowa State victory. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.